0: Clayton, John
1: Clayton,
0: this is the Coors Light cold, hard facts with John Clayton
1: brought to you by Coors Light made to chill.
0: It's time to talk football with the professor, John Clayton. You guys have questions for John. All you need to do is text those questions in 206-421-3776. That's 421 ESPN. And we will try to get to some of your questions before we let them go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. Well, what did you? Uh, I, we saw a, a post today that already there's been surgery on Trey Brown's leg. Yeah, he, he posted a surgery went well, and you it's sort of like from the thighs down. All you see are his feet sticking out. Looks like he's in the back seat of a car or something, mm-hmm. but a big old brace on that leg. So it, is as goofy as Pete answered that question. I think it's pretty certain he's done for the year. Oh
1: right? yeah, it's, <laughs> okay. It's a six seven month recovery on that type of surgery. So it's like what, uh, did
0: they say exactly? Did we get details on exact? Patellar tendon torn, torn patellar tendon. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I wonder if it was torn all the way
2: through or if it was like a partial tear. I guess it doesn't matter. That okay. that one's a big one, right, John? I mean, that's that's up there with ACL. Yeah,
1: it is. I mean, isn't isn't
0: that what um, that's what Jimmy Graham? Jimmy had. Graham got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's the biggest tendon in your body. Mm-hmm. So. so, so do you see that? I mean, you know, we we went from worrying about the cornerbacks. Too, once they got Reed and, and Brown in there for a couple weeks, we are like, oh, wow, we can relax. They're playing really well. And now Reed's dealing with injuries. Brown is out. We could be looking at Sidney Jones and bless Austin. So uh-huh. is there should we be concerned again?
1: Yes, without question. Because, again, it's like, uh, you know, Brown was playing so well. Reed was their best cornerback. We don't know if Reed's going to be able to play this week in Washington. You know, we'll see how practice goes tomorrow to get an early idea. But – uh Right now, I think it's got to be very scary because again, what happens if they get one more injury? Then it's Ugo Amadi moving out to the outside.
0: Gavin Heslop and, and Reed, <clears throat> the other Reed, was it John Reed? John, yeah, Reed, yeah. the guy yeah. from Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's who you'd be looking at.
2: Well, what are we looking at as far? As, do you know John DJ? Like how? Don't how we don't know? I mean, yeah. again,
1: haven't practiced.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's too bad because they had that set, and yeah. you know, it's it, it's a shame, but yeah, it's and John, you were telling me. I think it was yesterday or two days ago, and I can't remember. Where the, as far as missed starts, and mm-hmm. you have you have that charted, and it just felt to me like, and maybe it's just because we're paying so much attention here, but it just felt like the Seahawks would be high on that
1: list when they're really not, right? They're not, no. I mean, they're, they're less than 20 because, again, you've got Chris Carson, obviously, you know, missing uh, six games. <clears throat> then you have, uh, you know, Brandon Schell missing a couple games, and you have uh, uh, Damian Lewis missing a couple games. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, now you start adding Trey Brown and all that stuff. They've not had a lot of injuries. Where you look at you know, Baltimore, for example, as far as missed starts, and again, when I do missed starts, I don't double-do them. In other words, if your left tackle like Ronnie Stanley in Baltimore gets hurt and then his replacement gets hurt, I'm not double-counting that. I count the ones for the starters, and that's yeah. it. <clears throat> and so they've got 78, 78 missed starts, uh, and they're what ten weeks into the season
0: okay, so I think we're we're probably looking at people like Ben Burkervin, Marquise Blair, Cody Barton has missed time yeah but again yeah. They're, they're not starters. right right I think yeah. but that's what makes it feel worse is yeah, that we're yeah. we're talking about those guys and we're saying, oh man, he's done for the season Blair's done for the season Barton's out for a couple weeks so it feels feels like it's it's worse I guess-hmm.
1: But it's not bad because, again, I mean, you know, the starters are the starters and, uh, you know, the backups are the backups. And so certainly you want to have enough backups to be able to fill in when the starters start getting hurt. But no, this team hasn't been in pretty good shape as far as not having a lot of missed starts. Hey, uh,
0: Leftco asked an interesting question in one of our teases. And, it, man, it pains me to think that the Seahawks are viewed this way. But we, we've always talked about trap games, which yeah. I, I don't think you buy into. Do you buy into those? Trap yeah. Games? You I do? do. Yeah. You do. OK, I'm not a big believer in that. But either either way. Do you think the Seahawks are now viewed as a trap game for teams? Have they have they fallen that far this year?
1: Probably, yeah. I mean, Washington, uh, as bad as they were a couple weeks ago, is probably looking at it as, as a trap game. You know, they've won a couple games and uh, you know played better football. Uh, Their the record isn't great, but, again, I think they're probably looking at this as a trap game.
2: Mm. Hey, John, um, the Joe Judge and the Giants, they fire uh, Jason Garrett yeah. and uh, promote Freddie Kitchens. Has that been oh. in the works?
1: Uh, <clears throat> for a while now? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just a desperation move after a bad Monday night performance. And, you know, you don't see much improvement in Daniel Jones. And so they went to different array. But the problem is, you know, Freddie Kitchens, you know, having watched him on the Cleveland sidelines when he was, uh, you know, running things for the Cleveland Browns, it's one of the worst coaches I've seen. He's terrible. And particularly, you know, calling plays. He's awful. And, I mean, I used to – uh, I watched in that game how you know some of the guys would come over and start yelling at him for what what they don't like and all that stuff. And so I just look at it as a typical Bill Belichick uh, former coach that uh, you know that now has a head coaching job, just trying to do something to shake things up to make it look like he's going to save his job. Uh, text coming
0: in again. If you guys have questions for John, you can text those in two zero six four two one. Three seven seven six. That's four two one ESPN. Powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Uh, now I didn't see this this from Larry Stone, but they're referencing the uh, five oh nine says Professor. Is it a fair point or overreaction with Larry Stone's declaration? It's the end of the Pete and Russell era.
1: Overreaction. I mean, I think that uh, it's not the end. I mean, what uh, last year they won twelve games. And, you know, they were certainly thinking Super Bowl this year, but things haven't worked out. And, of course, you lose your quarterback. And, of course, he's still not at 100 percent, it looks like, you know, throwing the football. So, no, I think it's a complete overreaction. I mean, you know, that's that's you know one of those, you know, obviously a columnist is going to be as bold as they possibly can. You know, obviously this one's going to get a lot of clicks, but I, I don't see it to be in the end.
2: It's kind of interesting. We were listening to some audio, and you had Tyler Lockett saying one thing, at least seemingly, mm-hmm. and then Russell Wilson. Because so Tyler was basically saying, you know, do, do we have those clips? Maybe we can no. play them for the professor. Because yeah. Yeah. it's kind of Here's, like you know, there's three in a row that like everybody's yeah. thinking differently.
0: Here, it, it, this is Tyler followed by Russell followed by Pete, and they're all talking about the same thing. Here you go. Here's Tyler.
2: Honestly, man, like all these teams is not playing what they play on film. Like they're literally not. So. It's hard to be able to get ready because you don't know what you're going to get. Every time you go against a team, they might place all man to man, you know, their whole entire seven, eight games. And then they turn around and play us and they don't play man once. You know, when you're looking at what teams are doing consistently week in and week out, nobody's doing that against us. I wouldn't say that. No, I I think it's a little different. I I think that. Uh, I think that's they didn't they didn't do anything surprising. to Be honest with you, they play you know three, they play four, they play six, they play two. Some every once in a while they play a good amount of match man, typical NFL football. They didn't do anything that was alarming or anything like that. I think that uh you know I think that for us we you know we just didn't execute on making plays. Well, you're assuming that he's right, <laughs> you know, and uh, I didn't hear his comments, so I don't know what he said, so I'm not going to comment about that, but. uh we've often we've often seen teams over the years play us differently you know than they've played other teams because of the, the makeup of the QB uh, his mobility and all that they you know they try to find a way to see if they can counter that and and, uh, and that's always been kind of the case
0: so that's that's nothing new for us at all there you go John you got yeah. Tyler saying no oh, yeah the way they're the playing us in person is not what we're watching on film and then Russell saying nah they're not doing it. they're doing a 2 3 a 6 a match man and then Pete going well in reference to Tyler's comments, you're you're, you're assuming he's right, mm-hmm. and he's saying he didn't hear what Tyler said. But it that doesn't that just kind of speak to the way this offense is played? Yeah, you, you've got guys going in different directions, and it's it, it seems like they're pretty clear about no, no, they're doing this. No, they didn't do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, just get the feeling that there's just <clears throat> and it, and it started last year in the second half of the season. You know, a little bit more cover too, than man to man. Because you know it's like uh, you know certain teams are going to play man to man and match things up, but I think more teams you know are trying to do cover two because it limits some of the things that you can do with Tyler Lockett and by uh, you know DK Metcalf. All right, uh, yeah. So
2: um, and and the the thing is, I'm going with Russell on that one. Mm-hmm. You know, because Russ is the guy that would know he and, studies. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'm not saying Tyler doesn't doesn't study, but even if Tyler is right. Okay, they're playing man instead of zone. You've seen it before. Yeah. It's not like this is a mystery to you. So, and, you know, I was saying earlier, John, that every game I ever went into, there was always something I hadn't seen. There was always a surprise. There was always a wrinkle. But at one point, you know, the the coaches, they, they run home to mama, right? They uh-huh. do They do what they do best. They revert to that. So... Yeah, I just don't see how it can be that confusing so just is it's just weird to talk about John we were talking about how they got the game got flexed with the 49ers right you know and if you'd have told us that like five six years ago you just said you're crazy and uh, here here they are so it's uh, pretty it's it's a strange year to evaluate it's just it's kind of hard to get a grasp on what's wrong
1: yeah and of course I mean you can see that uh, you know because they have to do these a couple weeks in advance. And so what they're doing is that they they basically said, do we want a three and seven team on a night game Sunday night? You know, even though what this team has, uh, you know, in the process now getting their fourth night game. And so they said, nope, we don't want to do it because of what they've been on NBC. What uh, twice, I think, with uh, Sunday night football or whatever. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's just very different.
0: Uh four two five John says, uh John, how would you evaluate Shane Waldron at this point? He was brought in for a more creative run game, more tempo, and a better intermediate pass game, and so far it hasn't really shown up.
1: Well he's only had four games with Chris Carson, right? <clears throat> he's had uh you know he's the missed games with uh, Russell Wilson. Uh and you know it's like uh I, I, I think he's doing okay. I mean, he's not doing great, but I don't think it's as bad. Because again, you know, again, this is the continued overreaction of this town. Fire Pete Carroll. Get rid of Shane Waldron. What about? Oh, we got to get rid of Ken Norton Jr. It's like, come on. I mean, it's like, uh, just deal with it. It's an off season, and maybe they can turn it around. Maybe they won't. But again, you're going to just uh, blow everything up. I well, don't what, think so.
0: So, what do you think? Ha- let's say they don't turn it around, yeah. and the, the last seven go poorly. What do you think happens in the off season? Well,
1: I mean, obviously, you got to do some rebuilding with the talent base because they got so many uh, unrestricted free agents that are starters that uh, they could lose. Particularly three on the offensive line, and you know, I think that uh, you know Russell Russell likes Shane Waldron. And so it's like uh, if you get rid of Shane Waldron and you don't know what you're going to get in return, it's like uh, you know. Then do we have uh, you know our favorite uh, Mark Rogers now starting to call up uh, Colin Coward and starting to you know say, well look at look at how bad this is now. It's it's like this. He wants out and all this stuff. It's like come on. Hey uh, John, two oh six. Now that the Broncos have their
2: wide receiver trio. Uh, is it a good landing place for Aaron Rodgers?
1: Yes, in Denver, very much so. Yeah, yeah, because again, I think they have the cap room to be able to do what's necessary. Certainly, you can see that George Payton is very aggressive, and you know they, and so now it's like uh, you know here's here's Aaron Rodgers who's complained about not having enough receivers other than Dante uh, Adams, Devontae Adams, and now here's here's a team. It's overdone it because technically, if you put uh, K.J. Hamler in there, they're four deep at the wide receiver position, and they have Noah Fant. And, you know, of course, Hamler is com- coming off the ACL surgery, so he's not going to be there the rest of the season. But, uh, you know, J- Jerry Judy is one of the best young receivers in football, and uh, now they got Cortland Sutton signed for you know, 14, 14, 15.2 million. And, you know, they've got a little over $10 million tied up in Tim Patrick. And the great part is Patrick and Cortland Sutton's don't drop balls. I think they've gone through the entire season. I know Sutton's gone a couple of seasons and he's not dropped a pass. Wow.
0: John, what do you, what do you make of the lions? I mean, obviously they're they losing. Stink. Well, not, but I got to give them credit. They're, you know, with a couple of exceptions, they don't get their butt kicked. They're in these games. I mean, they fight too. They, they tied with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. They lose thirteen to ten to Cleveland. They lose nineteen seventeen to Minnesota. They lose nineteen seventeen to Baltimore. I mean, this is a team that seems like they play, considering their lack of talent. That yeah. they're, that they're in it. They're they're not getting walked over every week. I guess is my point. And it and it sounds like I was listening to somebody on uh, NFL Network this morning mm-hmm. talking about how the players love Campbell. Yeah, the, 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 they're ready to run through a wall for this guy.
1: Yeah, or you know, have their knee bitten off by him. Well, <laughs> well that too. But I mean, it's No, that's for the other guys. Do, yeah, do, yeah.
0: do you think with them playing this way that that leads to a quicker turnaround if they get no. the right amount of talent in here?
1: No, I don't see it. All I, right, I, I, it's gonna. I mean, they're just so far down as far as talent. I mean, you can coach them up and you can be somewhat competitive. But again, if you're not going to have the talent, you know, they've and you know, you don't know how much more talent they're going to lose. Because they can definitely lose some more guys, uh, and you know probably will. So no, I think it's going to take three four years for them to be competitive.
0: Hey, by the way, on the other side of that that most recent loss was the Cleveland Browns. The mm-hmm. Browns win the game, but they're out there being booed, and Baker Mayfield being booed. Uh, and he had some comments after the game. I'm paraphrasing because I don't have them in front of me. But basically, they asked him what he thought about the mm-hmm. home fans uh booing him and he, and he was like i don't care those are probably the same people that are out there cheering when we're trying to call a play on offense mm-hmm. you know, which i thought was kind of funny i i give him a little credit the guy's taped together i mean he's got yeah. multiple injuries he's he's hobbling around out there you know trying to gut it out and he's out there being booed by the home fans do you think that was a mistake for him to speak up that way or what do, what do you make or remember of he didn't
1: say anything after the game Right. He avoided the press conference. He came that was on uh-huh. Monday when he came back and talked. Right. And so it's like he had a day to reflect on it and everything else. But uh yeah, you know, I think that uh you know he's what what he is is average. I mean he's a good uh complimentary type quarterback that if you surround him with great players and skilled position players, then he has a chance to win. If you don't, he's not gonna win. Hey John,
2: uh let's see, this is the
1: two five three um, is there
2: something in in the NFL that grades officials publicly? Uh, is their question? It seems like officials have missed on more calls against the Seahawks this year than usual. Um, as far as the grading goes, it's nothing public, right? No, it's not public. So, but we do get an indication. Like, what? How do you? How do they? Uh, how do they penalize the uh, the the umpires or the uh, the officials? How do
1: they do they?
2: Take them off a certain
1: yeah if, if you' do, if you don't get good grades I mean they, the ones with the good grades gets to go into the playoffs and the ones with the best grades get to go to the Super Bowl if your grades are bad you don't get the playoff games and you definitely don't get the Super Bowl okay I wonder if they're also are they sending them to uh, teams that stink
2: <laughs> I mean, G- games that nobody wants yeah. to do
1: <laughs> that way less uh, less yeah. attention. Uh, no, but again, it's like, I think it's, it's it's been an off year. There's no question about it. And, of course, what I don't like is the taunting rule and how they're standing by that and uh, the inconsistencies. I mean, you know, here's Sean Payton, who was on the competition committee, and with the inconsistencies that he's seeing officiating-wise and the taunting rule and everything else, he just said, I'm off the competition committee. That's it.
0: Hey, did you see that story this morning about Matt Nagy? The, the word yeah. was he was being fired, and then he was out there going, that's not true. You know, that, he said that's not accurate. Um, you know, there were reports. Did you see the reports that he had been released yeah. or been No, fired? I mean,
1: no, the, the story was, and it's ironic because, I mean, this isn't, I don't know if this guy's a sports writer or whatever it is, but he's actually won a Pulitzer Prize. And so, uh, you know, he, he said that uh, they've told him that he'll be fired on Monday. Now again, I don't know of any circumstance. This coming Monday. Yeah, this coming Monday. Of any circumstance that you have a coach go into a game and they're telling you you're going to be fired, you know, three four game days after the game. I've never heard of that, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But there's no doubt Matt Nagy's in deep trouble. They're on a six game losing streak. You know, uh, you know, his play calling has been horrible. Justin Fields ended up getting hurt because of the bad offensive line. He's got a rib injury. Andy Dalton's now back to starting. And everything is just – and now their defense is falling apart.
2: You know, it's kind of interesting. I think we all kind of agreed on this with the five quarterbacks that were taken, including, yeah. uh, including um, Trevor Lawrence. That I think there was a number of us that said Mac Jones. We mm-hmm. thought, but just because
1: of Belichick, and mm-hmm. that's that's playing out, right? Oh yeah, and of course, I mean, uh, you know, and you know, Belichick's former assistant coach, uh, uh, the Satanator, you know, uh, Nick Saban, you know, Coach Coach, coach Satan. And uh, <laughs> wait, what did you call him? <laughs> coach Satan. Coach Satan. No, How, the, the Satanator. is that what Satanator. You said? Yeah
0: i never heard that. Did you make that up, or is that what people? No, call it's,
1: it's been it's been it's been brought about for many years. I don't Do think be, I've heard that one. Uh, people think he's evil, Joe. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Saban. But he, he, well, let's put it this way: he he can be e- evil, but uh, you have to rate. You know, Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in NFL history, and Saban is one of the greatest coaches in college history. I mean, they're that good, and so uh, certainly you can see that. Uh, and they're both know, spawns of Satan. Yeah. Well, I guess you could say that. (laughs) But uh, no, it's like, uh, yeah, Coach Satan is uh, he's he's really phenomenal in what he's been able to do. And, you know, it was funny because, you know, that's where everybody was all confused, because everybody thought that when they traded up San Francisco that they were going to take Mac Jones. And there's no doubt that Kyle liked Mac Jones, but then he switched off, and you know, like Trey Lance better. And there's no doubt that Trey Lance is, I think, is going to be a very talented, good quarterback. But right now, I mean, you've got uh, Mac Jones, you know, leading this uh, Patriot team now t- over the Buffalo Bills in the division. They're seven and four, and the Bills are six and four.
2: That's unbelievable what the Bills. What oh yeah, gone through. Mm-hmm. I mean, they look so good early on. Mm-hmm.
1: Man. Well, you know, what the story the story seems to be. That Because uh, I know I just had to do this for the Washington Post. The story seems to be that basically they figured out their offense. And, you know, they passed the ball like last year, 37 plus times a game. This year they're throwing it 38 times a game. And I think that uh, the fact that they're not making adjustments in the way that they're throwing the ball is causing them all kind of problems. And now it's catching up to them. So they've got to figure out, you know, to get a little bit more running or they got to figure out something different because it's not working.
0: John, the two hundred six wants to know what is your favorite Christmas movie. Hmm,
2: that's a great question to ask two hundred six yeah. before
1: Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's like I haven't well, thought that before I hit. It's like uh, well,
0: but it's that time of year. Planes, trains and automobiles, best Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think that's. I like that one. I'd go Christmas story, but
1: oh, Christmas stories.
0: Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, I gotta say, it's a wonderful life. Jimmy Stewart, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Miracle mm-hmm. on Thirty Fourth Street, original. Right. right. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, those are good. Uh, And then one more, Uh, John. Apple pie or pumpkin pie? Damn
1: it, that was. Uh, It'll be pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving, and then apple pie a little bit later. But again, I'm not a dessert person, so a big dessert person. So it's like uh, doesn't matter. I'll pass on both. Wait, you like your Mike and Ike's, right? I do, yeah. They're great. That's, that's one thing.
2: <laughs> I don't know if you remember when when Pat was in the hospital. and mm-hmm. I, I brought you lunch, and I had put a little box of Mike and Eggs in there. Yeah, Clayton and stuff. It's the only sweet thing you eat, right? Pretty uh, much. Pretty well,
0: much. If yeah. you like those, maybe he'd like Jelly Bellies. Yeah. How about Jelly bellies? Jelly, jelly Bellies jelly. are good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or
1: you know, Jelly Beans. Well, yeah. that's what they are. Well, yeah. they're yeah, <laughs> but
0: they're they're fancier.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, ask Lefko about it. He'll give you like a 45-minute dissertation on the uh, (laughs) jelly jelly
0: bellies.
2: (laughs) Mike and I probably talk about jelly bellies half the time.
0: Wow. Yeah, we talk sports half the time, and then I listen to these two debate flavors of jelly bellies the (laughs) other half of the time. It's good. Uh, John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. All right, sounds good. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Well, usually the saying is it's, All downhill from here, that implies a good thing. But it's been uh, the opposite for the Seahawks, and we'll explain why. Coming up next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.